Yo, welcome to another episode of Press Play with Augie and Riz. I'm Augie. Hey, and I'm Riz. This is a weekly podcast where we, two guys and a possessed doll, talk about movies, music, or anything we think you guys might like to listen to. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram at PressPlayAR. That's PressPlayAR on Instagram. In episode 45, we review the movie The Boy. We talk about MCU updates, Emmy nominations, and more. Riz will let you in on the DVDs and music that are out now. I'll let you know about the fact of the week. And this week's Six Degrees of Separation connection is Natalie Portman and Eugene Levy. But first, quick news. Alright, so a lot to talk about today, but... First, uh, Peacock's streaming service have launched recently and it's off to a weak start. In the first six days, the NBC streaming service in the US app stores and Google Play was downloaded only 1.5 million times. To put it in comparison, Disney Plus had 13 million downloads over the same period of time. They did do better than Quibi when it only had 1.2 million downloads in the same period of time and looking back at the hbo max release on their release date they only had 88,000 new subscribers just don't get too worried about that i just want to clarify that this is brand new subscribers and also this does not include services that include uh mobile devices like at&t with a, a free subscription to to HBO Max. Um, 88,000 new customers, but it is, uh, HBO is giving their current customers to HBO Go or the HBO app free upgrades to the HBO Max, which in total have 36.3 million subscribers. It doesn't seem like the battle of the streaming services is slowing down. No, it's all going to be streaming any day now. Like, we're, we might as well just cancel cable. Who uh, needs it? I mean, can the news be streamed? I, I mean, mean yeah, we do. But... We do have it on YouTube TV. But, I mean, that's getting just as expensive as regular cable. It keeps going up. You know, it was it was $20 at first. You know what I mean? Now yeah. it's... it's at, almost 60 and i want to i want to believe that the reason why hbo max max has these low numbers is because us like disney plus it was released with a big budget series which was the mandalorian and i believe like a lot of people jumped over to disney plus for that and what was it 6.99 yeah yeah because yeah 6.99 a month you can't beat that and hbo max is a hefty price of fourteen ninety nine, with no original contact to launch, uh, except for their library of the DC Universe, Adult Swim, Looney Tunes, and there was another Friends, which is the number one streaming right. uh, series of HBO Max. Right. They have uh, Friends. They have. Uh, did you mention Big Bang Theory? No, but yeah, they, they do have, have that Bang as theory. well. And number two, by the way, is an original HBO Max series uh, starring Anna Kendrick, which is, uh, from what I understand, is a romantic comedy, but it's like American Horror Story where there's different characters and different like stories every season. Or it might be every episode. I'm Sounds not 100% sure. I think I'm going to hold on to getting HBO Max until the Snyder Cut. Because really, there's nothing there that really interests me to pay fourteen ninety nine a month. Yeah, I think it's yet. a little too steep for me. 
Uh, Peacock streaming service is a free service with ads, and they have a new original show called Brave New World, I want to say. Oh, awesome. Um, See, I didn't even know that Peacock had already started. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, I'll check it out. I'll, I'll download it. I mean, the price is right. Free. You, you can't beat it. <laughs> you know? Uh, oh, also, uh, HBO Max is not available. No, was it Peacock? Is not available for Roku or Amazon Fire Stick. So a lot of people or a lot of experts are saying that that could also be a hinder. Which one? HBO Max? I think it's Peacock. Peacock. Uh, we have that other box thing that we got with, with uh, when we got, yeah, when we got internet, remember the internet guy came and hooked us up and he left a freaking box and I'm like, oh, I'm sure he'll come back because he just sort of walked out. Yeah, he did tell me he, never he came was, back. He'll, he'll come back and he just left. There was a box and I'm like, okay, he'll come back a couple weeks pass and all of a sudden I get an email saying, uh, start with your free box and, uh, and, it, and it's basically uh, a, um, an a Amazon stick. Yeah. Yeah, for another room. I, we probably might put that in the guest room. And the, But they, it specifically says that uh, Peacock is on it. The oh. emails did. Okay, so it'll, it's probably attached to cable subscribers yep. and not through... Okay, I get it. All right, yeah, very interesting uh, stuff. So much to watch. But moving on, uh, Regal Cinema has announced that they are opening their doors to moviegoers on August 21st. Hmm. Mookie Grindinger, CEO of Cineworld, who owns the Regal Cinema chain, says in a statement... Welcoming theatergoers back to our cinemas will be a celebration from not only our team and our industry, but most importantly for the fans who have been anxiously awaiting the year's upcoming releases. With the health and safety of our staff, customers, and communities as our top priority, we are happy to invite audiences to return to, to the timeless theatrical experience that we have all dearly missed. Uh, so the Russell Crowe-led thriller Unhinged will now be the movie that will set off the movie-going experience on August 21st, followed by New Mutants, fingers crossed, oh and the personal history of David Copperfield on August 28th. Uh, Bill and Ted face the music. We have to watch the, the, the first two before we go see it. On September 1st, Tenet. Do you have it? No. Oh. On September 3rd, but they put like the the previous movies on like in Redbox as they're okay. as they're coming so we can rent them. Uh Tenant on on September 3rd, uh The Kingsman and Cajillionaire on September 18th, Greenland on September 25th, the day before my birthday, and King and oh, excuse me, and Wonder Woman 1984 on October 2nd. AMC set a mid-August reopening, but that might change because that was before Warner's announced its new U.S. release date of September 3rd for Tenet in, in select cities. Uh, Cinemark has yet to announce their reopening. Um, what do you think about all that? From what I understand, uh, it's going to be based on the area. So for I'm not. Tenet? Yeah. Like it just in general, like I don't see Regal opening here anytime soon. It's we're currently, or are we still the epicenter of the coronavirus in the United States? Uh, us, Texas, Arizona, and I want to say California are all the top states that are being affected by, or the hardest affected by the the coronavirus. 
It it doesn't matter because August twenty first. I mean, it, it's it's almost a full month away. It does. It doesn't matter because when these big shot millionaires want their money, they're gonna do whatever it takes. It doesn't I mean, matter who gets sick. Look at these hunt, uh, restaurant chains that are open. They don't care. They yeah. just wanna. They want to fucking uh, make their money. Um, it's a bleak and grim year for movies in 2020. Everything keeps being pushed back. By now, we would have already been seeing the new mutants, Wonder, uh, Woman. Wonder Woman for sure. All of this, basically, would have been all of them. Mulan, Mulan, Mulan is... as well was was supposed to be released in May, and it's just it's just a lot of like the waiting game. I'm not sure. I spoke with Kyle. Um, if you guys been following our podcast, Kyle was our guest for our 40th. Uh, episode where he talked about LARPing and video games and whatnot. Um, he says that it has to be, he'll only go to the movies if it's like a movie that he really, really wants to see. Like, he wouldn't see, like, Tenet doesn't call right. his attention to go to the movies. He says maybe out of this list, Wonder Woman would probably be his best uh, sacrifice for him <laughs> <laughs> to, to risk getting getting a virus uh but everything else he says he's willing to 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 watch it on TV or watch it on video on demand and we've talked about it in previous episodes we feel like that's where it's going it's going to go to the option of either watching it on television or watching it in the comfort of your home or going to the movies yeah, um, out of these, I I would risk just New Mutants and Wonder Woman. And if things looked really good as far as uh, the the rate of infection and stuff, like if it's really down, maybe uh, Tenet. Um, other than that, really nothing else has been... And maybe Bill and Ted. But what, what's going... What are they going to do to keep people from staying socially distanced from wearing their masks during the movies because those movie theaters dim their lights once the movie starts. So are there going to be ushers walking around making sure that your masks are on? Because people are not going to give a fuck. They're going to do whatever it takes because they do it in the stores. They do it in department stores. They do it when you go pick up your food. Uh, they'll do everything they can to cheat the system to not wear a mask. Well, I think they're probably going to have like uh, like the lines at Universal, you know what I mean, where there were stickers and you had to stay six feet apart. There's probably going to be blocks of seats, uh, blocked off. You know what I mean. So you can't be sitting next, or you can't. You have to be social distance. And and as long as you are social distance, I don't see why you can't. You know, take your mask off. I I would still feel a bit iffy to be in an enclosed room with twenty people, even if it's socially distanced. Even for New Mutants. I mean, out of this whole roster, I would go see New Mutants in theater. I would. I would walk walk over coals right now to see Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. I'm. Um, I'm dying. I love Wonder Woman. Don't get me wrong, but if I had to pick one or the other, I I would have to see it and play it by ear. Um, Wonder Woman's like edging out New Mutants a little bit for me, just a little bit, because it's such a fantastic cast. It has Christian Wig, you know what I mean, as as the villain, which I'm dying to see. And New Mutants, I'm just, I've just, it's just been one disappointment after the other, after the other, after the other. And you know, it's not their fault that 
you know, the company got sold and then there was a freaking pandemic. But uh, good Lord. There was this uh, article with the headline is uh, New Mutants is uh, Disney's first film to uh, superhero film to have LGBT representation. I'm like, no, bitch. New Mutants was made when it was at Fox. True. I bet if this was made during now with Disney, it wouldn't have happened. I mean, look what happened with Star Wars and you're going to get a gay cast. You're going to get a gay story arc. Mm -hmm. And out of the whole trilogy, we talked about it last week. I know we sound like a fucking broken record. It was like the last 10 minutes of the (laughs) trilogy of the third film. We get a background actress kissing her lesbian girlfriend. That's it. Yeah. So all the speculation between the first and the second trilogy of the new Star Wars film about Poe and and the other dude was completely farce and it led nowhere. And you see like executive producers or J.J. Abram going, well, you never know. You got to see. You got to see. You got to see. And it's just like, why would you do that? It's frustrating. Just tell us no. Why do you got to be an asshole like that? Like we're we're dorks. We're, you know, I'm well, I'm going to go see Star Wars regardless. You know what I mean? But don't, like, hang something over my head that isn't going to happen, you know? Um, and I reserve to... What do you what do you call it? Re- reserve judgment until I see new, new mutants. Because, again, I've had stuff dangled in front of my head before. And I and I trust Maisie Williams. I know she, she said that it's a, a good storyline. And Joss Boone said that it's not edited. It's, a, it's in its original content. Uh, I know. From... I'll when the first movie was being edited and, and stuff, I, I would I would love to see it. Um, because what's what's more, uh, X Men than, you know, in in the you know not in the United States or in this world than being part of the LGBTQ community. What's more different? You know what I mean? Like than actually having part uh, partners or partner. Well, yes, part powers. And being different from, yes. you know, non-mutants. Correct. So I think it, it's an important storyline uh, to show. And I hope, I hope maybe, and maybe if it's like a gigantic thing, um, if it does like a lot better than they were expecting, maybe they can do the original plan trilogy. But that's, that's, that's like far, far. <laughs> never going to happen. That's it. That's in my fever dream where Firefly got a second season and. Dolores O'Riordan's still alive, I guess. I don't know. Cause so uh, on to now since we're on the topic of mutants and Marvel and Marvel Universe, uh, the first and only film to have a tetralogy or a quartet in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes, tetralogy. That's what you call uh, a four-film franchise. You have a oh. sequel, then you have the trilogy, then you have a tetralogy. I always thought it was quadrilogy. Uh, I looked it up on Google, so it could be a quadrilogy, <laughs> but I read tetralogy. Or a quartet in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is Thor. And recently, in an Instagram convo with tennis star Serena Williams, my, who is my birthday twin, by the way, uh, Natalie Portman revealed that shooting for Thor Love and Thunder will begin at the beginning of next year in Australia. And she hopes that from now until then, it gives her enough time to try to gain some muscles, jokingly. As some of you may know, Natalie Portman plays Jane 
Foster, who in recent comic book stories, she takes up the mantle of Thor. And it should be interesting to see two Thors in the MCU. Director Taika Waititi stated that the script is in in its final draft and he absolutely loves it. Thor Love and Thunder is expected to release sometimes in 2022. I'm super excited. You know, I, I love Natalie Portman. Um... It's good to see like a so-called child actor continue on because a lot of them don't really either, you know, for outside outside issues or even inside issues where they just can't get a job anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm glad to see her doing well, and I'm thrilled to see her um, as a superhero. You know, I'm gonna be honest. What? Um, sorry. (laughs) I lost my train of thought. Uh, oh, I never, like, watched the first two Thors with her in it. Oh, well... I didn't miss much. I didn't see the second one. Uh, Patty Jenkins was supposed to direct that one, and she walked out for creative distance, uh, differences. Uh, Patty Jenkins is currently the director of Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 1984. Sounds like they screwed the pooch by mm-hmm. letting her go. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, I, I tried watching the first one once and I just, I couldn't. But, Sorry, go ahead. Uh, a lot of people or a lot of Marvel fans are, like myself, is wondering, okay, so there's two Thors, what's going to happen? How is it going to work out? My prediction and my or my hypothesis in this is that Crimson Chris Hemsworth Thor will go off with the Guardians of the Galaxy because he is right. signed on. I want to say to three more Thor movies or three or him playing as Thor, uh, while Natalie Portman's character will probably take the mantle of the new Thor in the new Avengers. Hmm. Uh, that's my theory. I feel like that's how it's going to happen. But there's there's already confirmation that. Uh, he's gonna be in the 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 next Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yes, right? yes. Because apparently the they juggle the the main characters of those movies, which mm-hmm. I I I, I kind of love. Um, I I'm you know I'm excited for all these movies. I was never really that much into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I I feel like uh, over the last few years they've done been doing really well with it I agree and not only to have Natalie Portman but also the powerful talented beautiful uh Tessa Thompson yay is also going to be there which it will Another. also have an LGBT love but again like we said earlier mm-hmm. let's not hold our breath because she could probably wink at her girlfriend at the last moment yeah. of the fucking story arc pathetic Anyways, moving on this morning, because we are recording Tuesday. That's been our new trend now on recording literally the day before our podcast airs. Uh, The 2020 Emmy nominations have been released. And although we are very happy with amazing actors and actresses such as Christina Applegate, Linda Cardellini, Regina King for Watchmen, and... um, Catherine O'Hara for Schitt's Creek and Dan Levy for Schitt's Creek. It seems that they glossed over a specific show. Yeah. Um, we, we mentioned it last year that, um, that you know, none of the um, transgender actresses were nominated last year. And I said, you know what? 
let's see let's see what happens next year with Angelica Ross with her powerhouse import, uh, performance. You remember? Yes, and we gave the Emmy people the benefit of the doubt uh, for reasons that these are up-and-coming actors. Uh, you had whitewashing James Vanderbeek, Evan Peters, Kate Mara in it. And we're like, and okay. washing uh, and cis washing. Uh, okay, okay, okay. We, we get it. <laughs> so then season two came out and bam, Angelica Ross knocked it out of the park. Bam. Dominic Jackson gave us an amazing performance. MJ Rodriguez, India Moore. Uh, the guy who plays Lil Poppy had that amazing heartwarming scene with MJ Rodriguez when she came out saying that she came out uh, HIV positive. And they were not there. I mean, granted, we love Billy Porter. He was awesome. But I don't think Billy Porter carried the show. Well, he didn't carry the show, but I, I think he definitely deserved the nomination more than he did last year. Or for season one. And he won last year. Mm-hmm. Um, because they gave him some heavy stuff to deal with this year. Um, so, I'm... You know, I, I hope he wins again. I feel like if he wins this year, he deserves it more for this year. But it's a shame that we don't see these actresses on there. Um, at the very least, Angelica Ross, I was, I honestly thought that she would she would get nominated. Exactly. Um, or whatever happened to her nomination for American Horror Story? Or that was too late? I... Uh, because she was awesome in that show, too. Or anybody. She was good, but I, I feel like American Horror Story is, like, outside of of the Emmy, like, sphere now. Like, it started off really strong. Just like ER used to be, like, at the beginning was a huge Emmy darling. And then towards the end, nobody, like, paid attention to it. It's not like that it, it got bad. It's just, like, there's newer stuff. Like, n- newer things are shiny, I guess. Because I, I don't think... Uh, anything from American Horror Story was nominated. But honestly, I'm very, very disappointed with having none of them nominated for their performance in Best Actress or Best Supporting Actress. Uh, Just to gloss over, we will probably be doing another Emmy episode, uh, Strictly Emmy episode later on down the line. Uh, We did do our first Emmy uh, show on episode four if you guys want to look back and have a listen it's one of our longest <laughs> longest podcast episode but just to gloss over you want to give them uh just name your favorite out of each category so uh, uh one big surprise the mandalorian was nominated for drama series it's pretty cool mm-hmm. um Outstanding comedy, uh, uh, Shit's Creek and What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, I was surprised with What We Do in the Shadow. It's also created and and showrun by YTT, um, the guy who directs uh, right. Taika YTT, who's the director for Thor. Uh, Dead like Dead Dead like me. Te- Dead to me was and The Good Place was nominated as well. Damn, mm-hmm. that's gonna be tough. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh, I ha- I got until like next month to to choose right. Outstanding limited series. Nothing really came out. Watchmen. Watchmen. Mother effer. I watched... Have I mentioned that I watched Watchmen? Uh, uh, not to our not listeners. Not to our listeners. Uh, watch Watchmen. Watch Watchmen. That's that's a reason why we should get HBO Max for a month. You need to watch it. Okay. I it's, mean, I'm sure uh, we can cheat our way into getting a free, a free seven-day trial with our 30 emails that we created. I, I watched it in <laughs> in seven days. 
Uh, of course, Billy Porter was for nominated. For lead actor. For, for lead actor, okay. Lead actress, uh, I just want to say... Olivia Coleman. But you're not. You're not. I'm not there Olivia yet night. for the crown. <laughs> um, I haven't seen Euphoria. It's been giving. It's been getting great, great reviews. Z- Zendaya is doing fantastic. And Zendaya is just a fantastic actress. She's she's gonna, if she plays her cards right, she's gonna have an amazing career. I'm 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 thrilled for that. For lead actor, uh, we have Eugene Levy. We're just naming our, our favorite ones. Ted Danson, the good place. And Ted Danson, the the good place. Lead actress. Uh, Christina Applegate, Linda Cardellini, and Catherine O'Hara. Oh my Woo-hoo! god, Catherine that's gonna be a it. tough one. That one's gonna be a tough one. Hugh Jackman was nominated for a limited TV series or TV movie. Bad Education. Uh, I think he plays like a teacher or something. Okay, uh, moving on. <laughs> okay, lead uh, actress in Regina a King Watchmen. She's she's my favorite. If she doesn't win, I am going to murder someone. Uh, supporting actor uh, from this list, Bradley Whitford. Uh, I I want to say that they they did not nominate they didn't nominate Elizabeth Moss this year, which is in fucking insane for Handmaid's Tale. Uh, but Bradley Whit- Whitford was indeed nominated. He did he did all right. I don't know. Uh, supporting actress in a d- drama series. I want to say out of all this, oof. Bless you. Oh my God! Excuse me. Uh, I did see Big Little Lies, fantastic show. Uh, I think uh, HBO was free for like a weekend, and I try to watch as much as I can. <laughs> and Laura Dern was an amazing performance there. I um, love Laura Dern in general. In and everything, right? And Meryl Streep can never go wrong. Supporting actor in a comedy series, uh, mm. Dan Levy. William Shit's Jackson free. Harper from The Good Place was nominated. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, Harper. Is that the guy? That's the guy? Chidi. Chidi. What's his name? I couldn't remember his name. Chidi Adangoyer. That's awesome. Uh, That's huge. Awesome. So now we're stuck between Dan Levy and William Jackson Harper. I'm I'm picking Dan Levy. Sorry. Uh, Supporting actress in a comedy series uh, going down the line. The amazing Betty Gilpin who was in that movie that we watched recently. Uh... Where they're killing each other, the liberals are killing killing uh, them. yes, I forgot the movie. She was nominated. Darcy Garton was nominated for the Good Place. <gasps> Finally, <laughs> I uh, didn't see that. Of course, Kate McKinnon and Cecily Strong, and and Annie Murphy, who plays the sister on Schitt's Creek. So I think uh, that might be her first Emmy nomination. I know that Kath. I I, I don't know, but I, I think Catherine O'Hara was nominated for it before. I want to see Mrs. America. I heard great things, and now that I'm oh, seeing that supporting Uzu. actress uh, Uzu Aduba is nominated in the supporting actress role, what kind of want? Oh my God, Tony Collette. <laughs> <laughs> She's like my favorite actress, guys. Unbelievable. This is the show that she <laughs> that she's nominated for, which I haven't heard of. She is such a fantastic... I cannot st- stress that, how great she is. She's amazing. Watch uh, her, her fucking role in Hereditary. She goes above and beyond. I love her. The first thing I noticed her in was The Sixth Sense uh, as a mother. Yes. And she, you know... She, 
fucking blew me away. Uh, Gene Smart as well for Watchmen was nominated for Supporting Actress. Supporting Actor in a Limited Series and TV Movie, Jim Parson, I would be okay with. Uh, Yaha Abdul-Mateen II, I love him. Oh, he was amazing at Watchmen. Louis Grosset Jr., also, I I'm I think sh- he's good. sure who... L- Louis Gossett Jr.? Yeah. Okay. Did yeah. I say Grosset? You said Louis Grosset or something. God. You know who Louis Gossett Jr. is, right? Yeah. I want to see who... Okay. And uh, Hovan Adepo from Watchmen was also nominated. I want to look up who who that is. Yes. Okay. He So, uh, Louis Gossett Jr. and Ho- Ho- Hovan Adepo um, were nominated for the same role. Hovana Depo played the younger version of Louis Gossett Jr. Oh. So they're both nominated for supporting actor. That's that's amazing. And last but not least, I mean, there's more nominations, but we just don't have enough time to talk about this. Uh, outstanding competition series. Uh, Nailed It and RuPaul's Drag Race for me. Yeah. Um, I think Nailed It is a little, the little, the little show that could. Yeah, um, amazing shows. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm excited. Uh, the Emmys are going to premiere September 20th of this year. I think from the nomination sh- episode that we watched today, I think it's all going to be uh, streamed. Yes. Uh, because, you know, now we won't have no red carpet. Who are you wearing? All that stuff. Um, so I bet you Catherine O'Hara gets dressed up anyways. Uh, she should. I mean, she's amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So again, the Emmys will air September 20th, and it's going to be hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. Sweet. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll be right back with our review of The Boy. Hey, thanks for sticking around. We are back. And we are going to review the movie The Boy. It was released January 21st, 2016. The budget was $10 million, which I think was a little too expensive. And the cumulative worldwide gross was $74.1 million. Directed by William Brent Belt. He was director for The Devil Inside. It stars Lauren Cohen, Rupert Evans, James Russell, Jim Norton, Diana Hardcastle, and Ben Ronson. An American Nanny is... Shocked that her new English family's boy is actually a life-size doll after she violates a list of strict rules, disturbing events, makes her believe that the bo- that the doll, I'm sorry, is actually alive. Now, this movie came to us by recommendation of our very good friend Chris and Robert. Uh, we went over their house last week, I think. And it was getting pretty late. And they're like, let's watch it. I'll watch it again. And I'm like, <laughs> it's it's 11.30 and it's a 30-minute drive back home. So uh, we'll but, take your word for it. But they showed us the trailer. Um, and, and you know, I've, I've heard of it before. And I kind of yeah. started watching on Netflix once. But these paranormal movies like Annabelle and shit like that don't really like as far as horror go horror, horror goes don't really turn me on you know what I mean turn me on or you know I, I, I can't get into them it's yeah, hard I agree with um, you and I was just ex- you know expecting something that I guess ultimately it wasn't and you know Chris and Robert were like uh check it out there's you know there's a good twist like you know if you like the others there's 
you know, how the others had a twist, this one will have a twist. So that kind of um, made me want to watch it. And, and we watch it, it separately because, uh, as I said in the previous podcast, I'm currently very heavily involved in Final Fantasy fourteen uh, Siren Server. So if anyone wants to play, you can look me up on Final Fantasy as St. Augustine. But I digress. The Siren Server. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for making that crystal. Um, going into it, I, was, I watched the movie alone, uh, so I was a bit scared. Um let's the let's go into it so this girl takes up a job at, uh, as a nanny in in the UK and she meets the local grocery guy who brings groceries every week and um i think her name is Greta 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 uh is there with uh the Hillshires or the Hillshires uh, this is an older couple and basically showing her around the house of like what to expect. This is this room. This is that room. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the, the job is as a nanny. Yeah, basically. So she gets confronted with the boy that she has to take care of and it's a doll. And at first she's like, huh, are you fucking serious? But they are like straight face like, no, yeah, we, we, we kind of are. Um, and they were very adamant to follow like these 10 step rules over and over again um and uh yeah stuff like you can't have people over you have to like read to him you have to play him music and you have to kiss him a good night you have to wake him up exactly at 7 a.m and you have to talk to him loud and all this stuff Uh, hmm. we'll Mm. talk about that later (laughs) so uh at first, she's, like, not really into it, but they, I... They literally walk out of the house, and she tosses the tallest... Not, not literally, but she just puts him down. She ain't gonna do any of that And shit. you say they walk out of the house. The Heelshires walk out because they've never been on holiday before. So it's their first time going to going out on vacation, and... Uh, yeah, in about 30 years. Yeah. So they're very, I guess, happy to leave... Um, but the, the wife is a bit adamant, you know, of leaving. So like you said, as soon as she leaves the house, she tosses the doll and she has wine and she has peanut butter and she starts having like these lucid dreams. Uh, and slowly and surely she starts seeing that the doll kind of has a mind of its own. Uh, she tells Malcolm, the grocery boy, um, and Malcolm at first doesn't believe him, believe her. Because a uh, ghost, ew. So like the it it would sort of move or turn towards her. Like it would just be weird shit that she would start to notice, and she thought she was going a little crazy. But her stuff started to disappear, right? Yes, and then uh, in the meantime, Malcolm shows Greta the gross the groceries. <laughs> Besides the groceries. Uh, the graveyard where the boy was buried due to the fact that he passed away due to a fire. Right. So it, it was a real boy originally. And um, basically as a coping me- mechanism, mechanism, the mother like started taking care of this doll um, instead. And like you said, things started disappearing. Her necklace, her dress, pieces of her hair. She starts going a little loony. Uh, things starts flickering, the lights and stuff like that. She gets ready for a unquote, quote unquote date with Malcolm, and she gets locked up in the attic because she goes up there, and you know how white people are. They're like, "Oh my God, what is that? Let me, let me go in, 
and investigate. Right, and and like one of the creepier parts is when she's in the attic and she finds, I guess, pictures and old articles, and she starts to learn about the boy and about how a girl had disappeared, um, and I guess was found dead, and she she finds basically a picture of the painting that's hanging with the family together yeah but then she finds the original picture so in the painting the kid looks like an innocent kid with a a little smirk on his face and and i thought it was very creepy in the picture he looked dead inside yes that was like a small like little things so i want to say they they assumed that the the kid had something to do with with his his playmates murder Correct. So there's a time where Greta just doesn't t- can't take it anymore, and she calls Malcolm over again and draws like a line around the chalk, uh, uh, draws chalk around the doll and be like, "Yo, like this is what's going on." Uh, she closes the door, and when they go back in, the doll moves. That's when Malcolm dawns on him, like, "Oh shit! Like this, this is some paranormal stuff." Yeah. I- I don't know if it was this was set earlier. If she had like a cell phone camera or something, she could have watched it or, or something. I guess that would have defeated the whole purpose of the movie. But um, she to, to to prove to to Malcolm, like you just said, um, that she's not she, going crazy. She did this test, and the doll indeed moved, like from the spot from the chalk to like behind the door. Uh, which was creepy. So she started taking very good care of the doll. Like, she believed that it was alive. Yeah, and then we come to the the conclusion of why Greta actually moved to the UK or took this job in the UK was because she is escaping an abusive relationship where the last time they fought, she lost a child. Now, I'm going to be honest. I felt like that story arc was very cliche, very weak. I felt like... I mean, yes, later on we'll find out the reason there has to be a tie to the big revelation. But I just felt like, can it be just a woman going to get her job or trying new experience? Like uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar in The, the Ring. Grudge. In The Grudge. Right. Like, it was just a girl who took this job in, in Japan. Like, can she be that independent? I feel like the, they introduced that storyline as kind of a red herring for the for the twist in the end. Like, I, I agree, yeah. A red herring thinking, because everything was going through our minds as we watched it, because we knew there was a twist coming. So I think you you said you thought everyone was dead because of the others. Yeah. Or you texted I me. thought, yeah, because I like to give out like my my hypothesis to Riz before a movie start and I told them the the big twist is the boy is actually oh my sorry I just punched the microphone the boy is actually alive and he's like in a mental institute and everyone else is dead so yeah my theory like as I was watching it was they introduced that background of her um with the abusive relationship uh and being attacked and losing the baby that maybe uh she didn't survive the attack herself and that, you know, led to your, you know, your thing, even though that happened afterwards. But I think that was a red herring that they put in that she wasn't just, uh, um, also the fact that she was damaged and she had lost a child herself. I think that's why, um, why ultimately the doll chose her to be the name. I think they mentioned that, that she was damaged. Yeah. Uh, it was at first when she decided to i guess p- 
play the game with the doll. She wasn't taking the whole thing seriously until that motherly instinct took over and her her emotions of her losing her child replaced that. And then I think that's when she started taking it seriously and taking it and acting like if it was a real boy. Because I guess the the Hillshire, the Hillshires thought that that would happen. Right. Maybe. Like you said, it could be like a psychological connection. So, in a dark and stormy night, <laughs> her ex-boyfriend or husband shows up who traveled all this time, all this way to the UK to get her back to the States. And he's like, you're coming with me. Pack your bags. We're leaving tomorrow. I got you a stuff. And then she's like, no, and all this stuff. Blah, blah, blah. So then the boy, the doll, plays a trick on him. Uh, and puts dead rats because that was one of the the rules to clean the rat traps. Yeah, well, he um he uses the rat blood uh, as well to like put get out over over where he was sleeping, which oh, and he got creepy. super pissed and he's like, "Was this you?" And he, she's like, "No." And then he's like, "What? The doll? Do you think it's the doll?" And then Malcolm comes in and he's like, "Yo, hello guys. Oh, uh, what's up? That's my British accent." And, um, what's going on? Oi. Viva. Tea. Viva Liverpool. I don't know. Whatever they talk. Brexit. Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I think. So, yeah, the, 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 the mofo decides to, to, to start swinging the doll around and, and the other two start freaking out because they've seen, you know, what they, you know, paranormal activity with this doll and he like takes the doll and crushes the porcelain head up into against pieces. a chair. Yeah. So then the wall starts shaking, the fucking uh, light starts flickering, and then all of a sudden it stops. And I'm sitting there like, what the fuck could this like, possibly be? What the fuck is going on? And then Cole, who's the 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 character's name, the abusive boyfriend, ex boyfriend, leans up against the wall, and it he's was a mirror. Or mirror, which is funny. Uh, You'll tell me in a second, I guess. Yeah, and he's like, "I think it's coming from from inside the wall," and boom, the so, mirror explodes and and pushes him back. And it's revealed that the boy is Brom, or the boy's name is Brom, has been living in the walls this whole entire time he's 30 something years old and, and he, he has a porcelain mask there was a fire that's why he has a porcelain mask and the there was no paranormal activity that it was, was just him a fantastic twist uh the funny thing what i wanted to tell you is that the first dream that she has she goes up to the painting and an arm yes. comes out and yep. i felt like that was a foreshadow oh, from inside of the walls yes. look at that uh and it comes out that it turns out that that's the twist that he's been living within the walls for 20 years and uh she he kills Cole uh he gets one of his the, the pieces of porcelain and jams it in his neck not and, a big loss there no it's okay i'm sure um <laughs> whatever um, and then they start fighting and they start, he's in rage and they try to escape. And what happens after that? So they run through the house. Uh, I, I, I want to say the doors, the front doors were locked. So they end up running upstairs and he like cuts them off out of every corner. And that's when she notices 
one of the the um, holes or passageways um, doors into into the walls of the house so they go you know they go in there and they shut the door behind them and they find his secret hidey hole where he's been living all this time so um i think his name is rupert uh the actor yeah rupert rupert gets attacked and she runs off you know she gets out of the house but then she decides to go back for him to uh you mean yeah um she she decides to go back to to try and save him from from Brom. Um, yeah. So she escapes, but before she escapes, she decides to go back, which that's another white thing to do. Um, and I, you know, I liked it. It was brave. You know, um, you uh, the heroine or the hero of this movie was a heroine. So you know, she was very brave to go back. So she gets confronted with Brom and. She puts her stance that she's like, it's bedtime. And since Brom is psychologically damaged, it switches him into that boy he was. Yeah. So she goes and they do that, that step and, and, and good night. You have to be under the covers. And he goes under the covers and she, he asks for a kiss. And she's like, no, I'm not going to give you a kiss because this is your punishment for what happened. And he grabs, grabs her, her arm. He's like, kiss. Kiss me. <laughs> and she leans in and she kisses him, but at the same time jabs something in his chest. He gets up and chokes her uh, and lifts her up and chokes her. And uh, she grabs her with her last ounce of breath, jabs it even harder and... Brom quote unquote dies Falls to the ground And she goes back into the walls to f- save Malcolm And rescues And leaves And the basically the, the story ends there There's a, more to it at the end I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't watched it uh, Spoiler anymore uh, But yeah uh, My final thought is The twist was very original Although I feel like the movie kind of held you by, by your hand a lot Kind of took yeah. you through it a little too obvious yeah um and there are some cliche moments but all in all i really enjoyed it it was an original twist i think that's what sold me over so if you guys have a chance check it out it was a, a fantastic twist uh not as scary as I, as I was expecting but it did like there were a few really good chill scenes you know what i mean uh like I think the first time the doll moved or like moved from one spot to the other, you know what I mean? Uh, I kind of did get a chill up my spine, and when he when he came out of that fucking wall, I'm like, what? Because he had a porcelain mask on, it looked creepy as hell. So from um, a one to five, what would you give it? I'll give it a three point nine. Three point five for me. Awesome. Um, uh. And I'm you know BTW. Uh, I want to rent. Uh, the boy too because i have no idea what they could possibly do from what i understand they're they're going to like don't tell me don't tell me oh excuse me katie holmes is in it yes i don't want to wait till i can see we might get we might not play this because of like music licensing and all that stuff so you want to paula cole doesn't mind (laughs) so what are the music and dvds that are out now uh, so new movies out on DVD this week. Uh, End of the Sentence is out on Blu-ray and or DVD. The Other Lamb, which looks like it stars Maisie Williams, who are no way. Excuse me, 
maybe that's not her. Maybe not. Uh, uh, you should have known better, which is a Kevin Bacon, Amanda Seyfried movie is out, which, you know, I, 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 I want to check that out once it hits Netflix, Uh new TV out. Uh, the new season of Y five O is out. The final season of Orange Is the New Black, seventeenth season of NCIS, and oh, another movie, Legacy of Lies, is out on Blu ray and or DVD. New music out this week. Alanis Morissette, yay! Finally has her her first new album out in eight years, called Such Pretty Forks in the Road. Uh. Miss Bay herself, Beyonce, has a new album, I guess, uh, based on the, the Lion King, uh, whole, th- she just released, like, a, a, a video, video movie about it last week, remember? Yes, I remember, we talked about it. It's called, it uh, Black is King, Moesha Brandy has an album called B7, new music from Dizzy, uh, Dominic Fike. East, Fountains DC, Hockey Dad, Coda Banks, Paul Kelly and Paul, Paul Kelly and Paul Grabowski, uh, and the Psychedelic Furs, and also Rival Consoles has an album called Articulation. Articulate. Wow, I, I'm not doing a good job articulating myself. It's called <laughs> Articulation. Nice. And uh. You want to play Six Degrees of Separation? I've been dying to. So at the top of the show, I said that this week's Six Degrees of Separation connection is Natalie Portman and Eugene Levy, who is nominated this year for an Emmy for Schitt's Creek. Awesome. Uh, So Ms. Natalie Portman appeared in the short film Greed uh, with Michelle Williams. Okay. Uh, Michelle Williams was in the famous uh, LGBTQ movie, uh, but I'm a cheerleader with uh, Natasha Lyonne. Okay. Natasha Lyonne was, of course, in American Pie with Eugene Levy. And there you have it. And our fact of the week is that in Star Trek, the sound of the doors opening is actually the sound of a toilet flushing on a Russian train. <laughs> and that's the fact of the week, and you can do whatever you want with it because it's not mine. Darth Vader's Star Trek, not Star Wars. Oh, wow! We're gonna get a lot of angry emails, but episode forty-five is in the bag, labeled and ready to ship. We are so glad that you guys tune and listen to us, and we are happy to those that have stuck with us since episode one. You guys, you, whoever's listening to us right now, we're talking to you are why we have this podcast. And if you want us to review a movie, check out new music or whatnot, you can DM us via Instagram at PressPlayAR or email us at GoPressPlay2 at gmail.com. This is Press Play with Augie and Riz. I'm Augie. Hey, I'm Riz. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.